and I am so glad to be back. Um, and so we were kind of on tour for a while, worship team and I, and we went to different campuses, and, and you guys were blessed. You had uh, great worship come in. You had great teaching, and uh, I tell you what, as a, as a ripoff from a movie, there is no place like home. You know, there's something about when you come home and you come to your family, and it's different when I'm on vacation, and I'm away from here, and I'm like, ah, church is in good hands, I'm fine, but it's hard when I'm like 15 minutes away, and I'm like, should I just sneak in? Should I just check on them? You know, it's like the parent, you know, let me just check in. Let me make sure everybody's doing all right and see how they're doing. Well, I'm glad to be back. Uh, saw some great things at other campuses, and we thank the Lord that we're a, a network of neighborhood churches. But what I want to do is over the next month, I really want to focus on what God wants to do here. What God wants to do in the lives of people here in Newhall. I believe God has an incredible calling for each one of us. And what's really important is that we're able to look at it clearly. You know, have you ever noticed it's a lot clearer to see things in the past? Like, oh boy, Monday, or what is that, uh, armchair quarterback, you know, when you look back and you're like, oh, I would have totally done it different. You know, I would have totally done that play different. And when we look back, it's all, it's so clear. It's like, of course, that makes sense. But sometimes when you're looking forward, it's just not as clear. I mean, it's like the guy that was getting eye surgery. He goes in and his eyes are really bad. And he's like, doctor, is this really going to make me see? And the doctor responds and he said, you'll see. And, and it's like, it's like a, what, what was he really meaning by that? And, you know, that, that same doctor is the one that said that uh, carrots will improve your vision, alcohol will double it. And, and you're kind of like, what, what is this guy saying? What is he trying to tell me? And sometimes in life, we try to be so clear. You know, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. And it makes a lot of sense to us but it doesn't make sense to the people around us. And so clarity is key. Sometimes we think, I've got it so clear. Everybody's going to know where we're going and what we're doing. And then we find out that our family and friends and the people closest to us, the people around us, people at the workplace, they have no idea what we're talking about. They're like, oh, I thought he meant this, or I thought she meant that. Well, it, it was like a you know, I think the same thing with God sometimes. I'll be like, I know exactly what God wants us to do. And I know, you know, and we think that we're on that same level, that same, that same thought pattern. And there was a lady, she had a heart attack. And it was the craziest thing. So she, she was in her uh, early 40s, and, and she had a heart attack. And she wakes up, she turns, and right next to her, her she's in her bed, and right next to her in the chair is God. And she said, oh, are you here to take me home? And, and, and he said, no, I'm, I'm not getting you for another 30 years. You know, I just wanted to check to see if you're all right. And she's like, oh, okay, 30 years, this is great. And so then she set up all these doctor's appointments and everything. She got, she got liposuction, tummy tuck. She started doing all, adding things, taking things away. I don't know, she was doing all kinds of things to her body, doing things to her eyes, doing things to her face. She just looked completely different and she's walking out of the hospital. And as she's walking across the street, she gets hit by a bus. Bam, she ends up, she goes to heaven and then God's there. And she said, wait a second, God, you told me 30 years. And he said, yeah, yeah, I, I told you that. I just didn't recognize you anymore. And so, you know, the, the same thing is with our vision. You know, we think I see it so clear and other people are seeing it differently. And over the next month, what we want to do in Newhall is we want to be really, really clear 
about what God has called each one of us to do. And we move forward into that because I believe we're not just coming here to show up, but God has a plan for each one of us. So if you look in the scripture in, in Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter two, and it's in your study guide, you can pull it out. It, it, it says, then the Lord said to me, write my answers plainly on a tablet so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Okay, so what we see there, we, we, we see that there's very clear directions in that. And I want you to just write on the side, go ahead and jot on the side. These are really important things when you communicate. If you wanna communicate clearly, it's not in your study guide, it's not gonna be up on the board, but the very first thing, if you want to be able to communicate to people what's really important, the very first thing is to be honest. Make sure what you say is honest. It doesn't get tainted with other things. It doesn't get tainted with feelings and emotions. Make sure that when I communicate to someone, it's honest. If I'm sharing something and I add a little bit to it, is it honest anymore? No, it's no longer honest. So, so what we wanna do is make sure when we communicate to people, we are very honest. The next thing that we wanna do is when we communicate to someone, we wanna keep it current. When you're talking to someone, don't say, hey, remember 27 years ago when you looked at me funny? Oh boy, totally hurt my feelings. And then remember that last time? Oh boy, yeah, I know it was a long time ago. It was probably about 13 years ago in seven days. You did this, you know, here, here's what happens. When you communicate with people, you need to be very current about what's going on. And here's the third thing that I think is really, really important when we're thinking of godly communication, we're trying to share something, and that's to attack problems, not people. You wanna attack problems and not people. So when you're talking to someone, you wanna be honest about what's going on. You wanna be able to be current about this is the situation, and you don't wanna attack people. Have you ever done that? You went in and you were like, oh, and you attacked the person? How did that turn out? Good? No, it never turns out good when we attack the person. Nobody walks and says, hey, let me pull that knife out. Oh my goodness, thank you, thank you. Oh wait, oh, I got some shrap metal here. Oh, thank you so much. That really made our relationship a lot closer. No, what happens is when we focus on the problem together, when we see what we're called to do and we work together, that's what's so important in our communication. Verse three says the vision is for a future time. It's described the end and it will be fulfilled. It seems slow in coming. Wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. So God has a plan. We just need to be faithful in that plan. We need to just keep moving forward and knowing God is in control of it. So the very first thing, how do we find clearer vision? And that's what I wanna make sure we start to see today. We're just gonna to touch the surface. How do we see clearer vision? First is that we must grow spiritually. Write that in, we've gotta grow spiritually. If you're lacking vision from God, it means that we need to be closer to God. We need to spiritually be closer to God. How are you gonna clearly know where to go to God if you don't have communication, if you don't have a relationship with God, if it's not continuing to grow? And so we're gonna look at today, 1 Corinthians chapter three, and we're gonna look at one through five. And I believe that this will help us 
with bringing clear vision to our church, to our community of where God wants us to go. So it says this, the Apostle Paul's writing, and he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. See, people act and respond because that's where they're at. I think in most cases, people are responding and acting because that's where they're at. Lost people act like lost people. Babies act like babies. The way people, immature people act immature. I mean, there was a, a birthday card and it said that um, you're only young once, but you can be immature forever. You know, and that's for some people, that's their mantra. That was almost the mantra of the people in Corinth that, that Paul's writing to. They're just like, this is who I am. I'm not changing. You know, it's everybody else's problem. They're the ones that need to do something different. But in some ways, it's not different than people we see in the church today. People come to church and, and they, they say, well, that's someone else's job. Somebody else needs to do that. You know, no, that's not for me. You know, I don't need to help people. I don't need to care for people. I got a job. Did you know about that? I got a J-O-B. I, I don't have time to care for other people. You know, I got, I, I got a place that I live. I don't need to care for other people. I don't. And, and, and what happens, it's just because people are spiritually immature, immature. They don't understand what God has called them to do. They kind of think that everything is about them. And the reality is, is, is we have to be honest and be like, that's where people are at. A baby, you don't get mad at a baby for, for wetting themselves, do you? You're like, no, that's a baby. Okay, now if your baby's 28 and wetting themselves, then you start to say, hey, there's a problem going on. You know, we got, we got to do something about that. But, but here's the thing. We got to accept where people are at. And for each one of us, God wants us to continue to grow. Verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. Guys, what I want you to understand, our sinful nature, we are all born with a sinful nature. It's part of our DNA, and so we have this sinful nature that's connected with us. We've chosen to sin. That's part of the DNA, but also it was passed on from Adam. So if you look at that, we're passed on by Adam, we've chosen to sin, and we've been splattered by sin. Man, that's pretty strong, isn't it? And that's our nature. And so what, what the Apostle Paul says is your nature is so strong, it's almost like a puppet. You are a puppet. When you just allow yourself into the hands of your old nature, you're just like a puppet. You're just like a remote control car that somebody else is moving you around. And he says, this is how... You get controlled by that nature. You don't even think about it. It says that you are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? Paul is saying that, that the way you handle life, it, it looks just like everyone else. He's talking to the people in Corinth and he says, the way you live life, it's just like everybody around you. I mean, Christian, non-Christian, that's just how you live your life. No one would be able to tell a difference in your life of who you are. The way that you respond, the way that you act, the choices that you make. And, and, and Paul's just saying, you're just immature. You're just really immature. And what you need to do is to, to grow. 
And it's important. And so he says that, that you're, you are jealous, that you quarrel with each other. Doesn't this prove that you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you just living like people of this world? See, Paul's saying there is just no difference. You're jealous. You quarrel. You're, these, these are just the natures of this world. You don't handle your life like Jesus. And I think Paul, if he was preaching to, to the church in America, the church, he, he would be saying the same thing. He'd be like, how come you guys just look so much like everybody else and not so much like Jesus? And then he goes on in verse 4. He says, when, when one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, the other one says, I'm a follower of Apollos. Aren't you just acting just like the people of the world? For after all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work that the Lord gave us. Guys, we need to grow in our walk with God and not just Sunday morning. This year, I believe that God wants to help us take those steps to go deeper into who God's called each one of us to be, to be a community that just doesn't show up on Sunday but makes a difference. Guys, look at how many open chairs there are. Do you know how many people that are lost and going to hell that aren't sitting in them? Guys, it, it, it's hard and it's heavy, but it's, it's true. Paul is saying that to the people around. He's saying, there's a plan for your life and your plan. And my plan is to make a difference in this world that we live in. The church in Newhall is not just a building, but it's people. Each of you are part of a community. And guess what? What chair matters? Every chair matters. Every person matters. And so as we look, it's like, how, how do we figure this out? Because when we talk about spiritually immature people, Paul is saying, some of you guys get so caught up. I don't know if you remember in Acts 18, you see where Paul is starting that church in Corinth. And, and there's a couple that he starts working with, and it's, it's, it's uh, Priscilla and Aquila. And they worked in a job together. They're serving the Lord. Well, Priscilla and Aquila were awesome people. They were spiritual people. They were deep. They were an important part of the church. Paul plants the church there. Then Paul ends up leaving. Okay, when Paul leaves, a guy, Apollos, comes. And Apollos is this incredible guy. He's got a great teaching ability. He can communicate. He can speak. He can share. He takes the Old Testament and, and connects it with Jesus. And so he takes off basically where Paul left off. And he brings in this new sharing, communicating, bringing the community together. Okay, so you got Paul, you got Apollos, you got uh, Priscilla, you got Aquila. Which one's important? Well, they're all important. They're all absolutely important. The body of Christ is all important. Each one of us has a part to play. It's so important that... Uh, Mark talked about it. We're going to start a spiritual gifts class, and, and I really encourage everyone in our church to come. Just, just come to the class. It'll be a great thing of just understanding what God's calling is for you individually. So what we're going to do, the class is a lot shorter than some of the classes that we do. But when you come, 
It's just going to lay out some foundations so you can start to walk on that journey and say, what has God called me to do? And I want you to know, as long as you have breath, God's not done with you. God has a plan for your life. There's things that he wants to do to and through you. So here's the, we, we grow spiritually. If you want to have vision, here's the second thing is that we must grow in size. We have to grow in size. You can't just stay the way you are. You just can't stay stagnant in that. I, I read about sharks. And what's really funny about sharks is that you can catch a shark, a baby, baby shark, and you can put it in an aquarium and it will grow proportionate to the space around it. So it will grow no bigger than, than what it has room to grow. So a, a shark can actually grow fully grown Fully grown, mature shark, six inches long. Okay, now that same shark, if placed in the ocean, could grow eight feet long. Okay, it's almost kind of like church sometimes. It's like you see all these cute little Christians, you know, they're so happy, they're so content. Oh, look how cute they are. And it's like really what they're doing is they're just swimming around in a little mud puddle. You know, ooh, look at this. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And guess what? God's heart is the ocean. God is this huge ocean. And he says, I want to see you grow. I want to see you get big. I want to see you make a difference in what's around us. And so Paul's thinking the same thing. He's like, you guys, each of you play a part. There's enough room for as many sharks in the ocean. Guys, God has a calling for each of us. In verse 6, he says, I planted the seed in your heart, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. See, what are we talking about growing? We're talking about Jesus. Guys, the reason why we're here today is because Jesus changed and transformed our lives. Jesus gave us hope. Jesus changed us, and we're so thankful for that. But that's not where it stops. That's where it starts. He changed us, and now he wants us to be his hand extended in reaching other people for him. He wants us to make an impact in people's lives. Guys, we're all different. Don't get me wrong. I totally understand. We all have different gifts. We have temperaments, different abilities. But guys, listen to this. Verse 7, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes a seed grow. It takes each chair to make a difference. Every person, the seat you're in, God wants to use you to make a difference. See, in verse 8, it says this. The one who plants and the one who waters works together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Guys, have you ever met that person that has the solution to everything, and it's usually them? I mean, they've got the solution. They've got it all figured out. When it comes to spirituality, they'll tell you everything. They'll tell you exactly how to do it. And it's kind of like this walk from A to Z, and it's a system. And 
you know, there's a lot of great things out there. A lot of people will, will share Jesus and they'll hand someone a track. You know, there's a lot of people, they'll, they'll, they'll stop you in the middle of the street. You're trying to buy a street taco and they're like, hey, have you ever heard about Jesus? And in their video cameras, you know, and they're asking you about, you know, and they, they walk you through and, and, and they tell you the Ten Commandments and you realize that you're guilty. And, you know, and, and, and there, there's people with the four spiritual laws and they'll, they'll tell you about, you know, uh, how, how God really has a plan for your life. And there's people that will share you, share with you the ABCs of, of accepting Christ. And they'll be sharing these things. They're all great things. Don't get me wrong. The Romans road, when you read it, I mean, that's just scripture. And it's, it's walking you through. But the problem is, is people kind of want you to be something that may be for someone else. It's like Billy Graham, Luis Plow, all these incredible people you watch and you're like, well, that's incredible, but that's not me. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's not you. No, no, that's, that's not you at all. But, but here's the reality is God created you to be you. Somebody was talking to me this last week and they said, Rich, uh, what was Jesus's evangelism strategy? What did he use? Jesus. He, he used himself. You know, he was Jesus. Okay. He didn't have systems programs. He was like, I'm being me. And that's who God's called you to be. He's called you to be you. I was with a good friend of mine, and, and we were talking about evangelism. We were talking about it, and he's like, he's like, Rich, I just don't know. You know, I mean, I, I don't understand. I mean, I know that there's all these great people out there, and they've got all these systems and things. And, and I said, well, it's just, it's just like if you have a, a drink, and it's an orange drink. And, and, and you, you always have your orange drink with you. It's a big bottle. It sticks out every time you're talking, you know. You're drinking, you're saying, man, this is great. Boy, this has been so good. Oh, man, it's really good. And then, and then Scott says, well, what do you mean about it? And then it's like, oh, man, do you know the quality of this? Do you know the difference that this makes? And it's just, it just becomes natural because it's something that you believe in. It's something that you value. It's something that you use all the time. And you say, wait, this is just great. You should get some too. Why don't I just order you a case? All right, we'll get you a case of it, okay? And it's because of something that you believe in, something that you value. And, and when people see you, they, they start to say, hey, that's the guy with the orange drink, you know, and boy, that's all he talks about. And, and you know, it's the orange drink guy, and it's the orange drink guy. Oh, boy, you, you feel sick? Oh, why don't you go talk to the orange drink guy? Maybe he can help you out, you know? And, and, and that's really what evangelism is, is about being who God's called you to be. If Jesus is the most important thing in your life, he, he's that orange drink. He's the thing that stands out. He's the thing that people are going to see in your life. When they see pain take place, they're going to see, wait a second, that person keeps going to Jesus. You know what? When they see someone sick in the store and they say, oh, I'm not feeling very good, they just say, hey, well, let's, let's, let's pray right here. They realize, wow, that person's whole life is about Jesus. That's what evangelism is. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, a lot of times we can end up saying, uh, you know, well, that's just not my spiritual gift. You know what? Your spiritual gift is to live Jesus. Is, is, if that's the center of who you are, that is who you are. And some people say, well, Rich, I'm not a public speaker. I'm just not good at communicating with people. 
Over these next four weeks, we're going to talk about different tools. As a church, we're here to support you. We're a body. And so what we want to do is help you with things. And we're going to share about more ways to be able to communicate. But things that I've shared with you in the past, this, this Be Our Guest card, this is a great way to be able to share with people. I, I try to put it when I go to a restaurant, when I get gas, I just put one of these cards and, and someone's able to look at it and say, hey, hey, somebody invited me to church. And, and uh, this is just a very, very small thing that anyone can do. And what we want to do is to equip you with tools to be able to invite people to Jesus. Our, our devotions, it, these are two purposes. This is how I grow, grow spiritually by getting daily quiet time, but it's also inviting people. And it shares a little bit about our church and how they can go. And so this is a really simple thing that you can give to people. But what I want you to understand is that each of you have incredible gifts, just like as we look at the scripture. When we look at Paul, there's, there's Pauls in this room, all different dimensions of Pauls. There's all different dimensions of Apollos. There's all different dimensions of Priscilla and Aquila in the room. You just need to figure out what that is. And so as, as I shared earlier about the spiritual gifted class, I really, each of you have an incredible gift. Each of you have an amazing calling. And, and of course, since we're, we're Baptist in our roots, we'll have food there. And so you'll be able to come and get a free meal. But, but you'll also be able to start to open that, that, that package and be like, man, what has God called me to do right now? Not, not the past, but right now, right, right where I'm at. What is God calling me to do with my life? Guys, you know what's interesting is as, as we invite people to church and we share Christ with people, this study that, that came, they did it in Houston, but here, here's the thing. Um, what motivated people to go to church? They did, did this survey. 12% of people chose their church by prior denomination. Like, oh, I was Baptist, so I looked for a Baptist church. I was Presbyterian, I looked for a Presbyterian church. I was Methodist, I looked for a Methodist church. It says that 8% of people did it on architecture. Wow, I like that building. Boy, let's worship the building. No, I'm just kidding. You know, but they're like, that's really a neat building. That's where I want to go. Okay, well, 3% did it on the person that, that was preaching. And that 18% of people did it by location. Well, that's a good location. We'll go to that church. And that the, the, the biggest one, and, and it, 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 it's wild, that it's 58% is because they were influenced by a friend or family person to go. 58%. Guys, I don't know if you get those naysayers, but I get naysayers all the time. They're always telling me what I can't do. You know, Rich, you can't do that. You can't do that. Who cares? And, 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 and you know, they're, they're always telling me stuff. They're like, Rich, you don't, don't talk to that person about the church. They, they go to that church. Who cares? If, if, if church matters to me, if what God is doing matters to me, why should I care? Why should I care what other people say? Why should I care what other people think? If I think it's true, if I hear someone and they're excited about what God's doing at their church, do I get mad and angry? I'm like, that's cool. That's great. I'm glad God's doing something there. Guys, don't allow naysayers to tell you anything. Allow your life to be just like that, that, that bottle of orange drink. It's like, it's just who I am. It's just what I do. Guys, oh, you don't want to go to church? That's fine. I'll probably ask you again, but that's fine. You know, it's, it's like it's, it's not the end of the world. 
But what people do is they realize if you truly care about them. And so it's so important. That's why people will come to a church if they feel like that they're cared for. And that's what God wants to use each of you to care for the people that are around us. Listen to this. Uh, Lifeway did a research, and it said that 90% of new church members attended first time because a friend invited them. Guys, I don't want you to get discouraged when you do it. You're like, oh, I, I, I handed someone a devotion, and they got angry at me. Well, they're just having a bad day. Go, go let the air out of their tires or something. I don't know. You know, I mean, they're, they're, don't do that, of course. But, but you know, you're like, they're, they're just having a bad day. They're having problems going on. But, guys, don't stop doing the right thing. And that's what Paul's always saying. He's like, keep pushing forward, guys. Keep doing the right thing. And here's what happens. So we, we grow spiritually. We grow larger. We grow larger in who we are. We grow larger as a body of Christ. And then the third thing that I want you to know is that we grow in service. And we're, gonna, we're really going to detail these things more over the next three weeks but, or the uh, rest of the month, four weeks. But here's what it says in verse 9. It says, for we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have in Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds a foundation may use a variety of materials. Guys, check this out. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay or straw guys i want you to know that this represents how we choose to live our lives what we choose to do with our lives the actions that we take the words that we say guys when we communicate with people we can either communicate with gasoline and blow up the argument or we can take water and we can put it out guys what are we choosing to do in every situation in life is it gold silver jewels wood hay or straw it says, but on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like some, barely escaping through the flames. So, so the question is, what are you doing with your life? What are the things that you're doing with your life? What are the most important things? How are you handling those things? Do they point to God? Are they visible? Is it the most important thing in your world? Or if I asked someone, I'd say, hey, what's Joe into? What's Tina into? What's Karen into? What's, what's important to them? I just saw them. What's important to them? Would someone say Jesus is important? It's just written all over them. And here's the thing as the church. We're called to come together and support each other. To become who God's called us to be. You know who God's called you to be? 
Guys, sometimes when we look in the mirror, we look and we're like, yeah, I don't really like who I am right now. Boy, I think I'll probably look different in a couple months, right? Yeah, I'll look different. That swimsuit will look different on me. Everything will look different in a couple months. Guys, the Bible says that God sees you as a masterpiece. And what we need to do is start living like a masterpiece. And so over the month of October, we're going to look at those tools that God wants to give to you to move forward, to be who he's called you to be. Listen to this. Jesus, Jesus cautioned his disciples in Matthew 20, verse 26. He says, uh, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many See, what the church of Corinth had a problem with is they thought church was all about them. They were like, I want a church that works for me. I want a church that I like, a church that will make me happy. Pastor, can we get a smoking section? You know, I like to vape a little bit. Couldn't I get a, like, a little vaping section over here? You know, couldn't we get a little more comfy chairs over here? Come on, Pastor, that's the least we could do. I, I give like five bucks every once in a while. Couldn't we, couldn't we get some, you know, or, you know we, we could go on and on and on and on and on. I want something for me. I just want something about me. And what Paul's saying as, as you grow spiritually mature, you start to care about other people. You start to think about them. You start to say, how can I serve other people? How can I care for other people? Guys, when should you start that? You should start that right now. When you look at people, you're like, hey, wait a second. I know what I want to do. How can I put someone else first? Now, most of you guys are a lot more spiritual than me. But what about when you're at the grocery store? Do you ever get a little, you know, uh, you know, you're holding those two items and, and, and you're, you're waiting in a big, long line and people have like all this stuff in front of you. Don't you ever just feel like, I wish somebody would let me go to the front, you know, and instead they're writing checks and it's a third party check. And, you know, you're like, come on, just do, do something small. Just help someone out. Guys, small things done with love change the world. When you look at it and you realize, wait a second, hey, you want to go in front of me? Go ahead. Go ahead. You know what? And then when people say, well, that was sure nice. And it's like, oh, man, I'm not really that nice of a person. But, hey, here's a guest card. You know, and, 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 and here's the key. With everything we do to serve and care for someone, I think it's so important to point back to who it really is. Because any nice thing I ever do, it's not me. It really is God. It's what Christ has done in my life. And so we always figure out, how do we point them back to Jesus? What is the way to point people back to him? Because he's the thing that, that's really going to change and transform their lives. Guys, I want to share one more thing about uh, uh, your, your Old Testament and, and New Testament. And, and you know when you're flipping through your, your Bible and you start looking at the maps? Don't you love looking at those maps sometimes and the color? And you're like, oh, great, great. Oh, look at that sea and look at, you know. Guys, there, there's, there's, there's a difference between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee is, is alive and it has fish and things are moving through it. And it's, it's great because it has water coming in and it has water going out and it's moving. And the Dead Sea is dead. It doesn't have water going in and it doesn't have water going out. And as a church... God wants to see us growing and moving and bringing people in. 
And you know what the greatest thing? My heart for our church is, is not that we just become this church that just keeps growing and growing and growing. We've got so many communities around us that need to hear about Jesus. And we need to grow and we need to release people. We need to release people to serve our community around us. God has a calling on each of you. And I believe that where you're at right now, this isn't where God wants you to stay. He wants you to be right here right now today. And he wants you to move forward. So we look at this and we look at, you know, I believe that God wants to move in each one of us. And over the next month, we're going to look at tools and different things that we can do as a church to grow closer to him, to be able to reach people. But it's all about Jesus. It really is. What we do is all about Jesus. And I just want to pray right now. If you bow your head, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you. And God, as we look at your scripture, we look at what you've shared with us today about vision, about seeing you, the calling that you have for each one of us. God, we want your absolute best. God, we want to know you so clearly. And we understand that you sent your son, Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus. Our salvation is in Jesus. God, for some of us, just over the week, it's just so distracting. We get distracted with all these other things. They become our priorities. God, we, we, we literally just almost just put you down and we turn and we focus on other things. And they're all important but they need you to be a part of it. And God, we, we, we've just put you down. We're trying to work on all these other things. And God, before we leave here today, we want to pick you up. God, we want you. God, we need you in our lives. And for some of you, there's things that you need to repent and you need to say, God, I got to get this one right. God, oh. Boy, I sure got angry. I sure got upset. I sure went the wrong way. I sure did things I shouldn't have done. God, I apologize. I surrender. God, I, I take you and I turn to you. God, I want my whole life to look like you. God, I want people to see me and they instead see you. And for some of you, that's, that's a... That's a daily as the apostle paul says that we are crucified daily we keep doing that but for some of you you're like I, i've never really done that rich i mean i try to be a good person i try to be a nice person but i've never truly surrendered my life to jesus i've never completely said it's all you and i want you to fill me up and i want to look like you i want you to understand you don't have to take a class you don't have to do anything right now call out to God and say, God, I want your best. You sent Jesus, and I want Jesus. And God will give you Jesus. The Bible says that the angels in heaven celebrate as you make that choice and decision to follow him. If that's you today, I ask that just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open my eyes, every head bowed, every eyes closed. If that's you, just look up at me. If that's you, today's the day to get my life right with God. 
If today is the day, I want you to understand angels in heaven celebrate the choice and the decision to follow him. For some of you, it's a coming home experience. You're like, man, I've just been so far away. And I want you to know that God's hands are wide open. He loves you and he's embracing you right now. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you so much for what you've done in the past. And God, we are so excited about what you're doing in the future. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.